Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody, and thank you, Mr. Announcer Man. It is indeed the Two Guys at a Mic show, and it is indeed the TalkZone.com. Big Dog and the Coach with you. All right, up until 11 o'clock, big sports weekend coming up. Got a little bit of football creeping in, not quite college football, but high school. High school football opens up uh, this particular weekend, so we'll start banging pads a little bit. Very, very exciting. Got some baseball action to talk about. We'll jump off the sports page, as per always we got to check in with our weather and forecasting and meteorological expert, producer David Olson, talk about Hurricane Irene, and a couple other stories as well. All that in the next 57 minutes uh, and 39 seconds. And, of course, part of the experience here, arguably the best part, is when we shut up and we listen to the fine music of the TalkZone.com. didn't have a headache at the start of this show, you might have one now. Wow. Cedric! Thank you very much, David Olson, our producer on the other side of the window. Pain, or as we lovingly like to call him, the pain. On the other side of the window, D. Olson in the house. We're waiting for Big Dog to check in. Got a little football action coming up. Very, very exciting, by the way, and the fact that next Friday, Next Friday, we will once again play one of our favorite games here in the uh, Two Guys at a Mic show. It'll be time for our first Beat the Schmoes of the 2011 season. I think this will mark the uh, decade, the 10-year anniversary of Beat the Schmoes, arguably one of the most uh, obscure, if not enjoyable, games played on Sports Talk Radio. Other shows play Beat the Pros, where you go up against the experts here on the Two Guys at a Mic show. We like to play Beat the Schmoes. It's a football prediction game. No pro football games next week, but we will have college football. So we will debut that for sure. Got a big hurricane hitting the uh, eastern coast of the United States, uh, and that is uh, canceling a lot of sporting events. But uh, the sports, obviously a much more secondary factor, a much more importance is the uh, health and welfare of those fine areas, and uh, including the uh, big state, big city of New York, and uh, hopefully... Hopefully the damage will be minimal. We won't say there won't be any damage because there's going to be some damage. Hurricane 3, it's advancing to a four-stage, might even hit five. Waters are going to rise quite high. Damage could be uh, quite serious. So we'll keep our eye on Hurricane Irene. And I know they've canceled a bunch of baseball games. Uh, I think the Philadelphia Phillies and at least a couple of others. So... We will uh, double-check on that, but uh, no question about it. Mother Nature making her presence felt in the sporting world. Let's hope again that the damage is limited as much as possible. Got the Little League World Series to talk about. Also, we got a big triathlon happening here in the city of Chicago. A little baseball action as well. Cubs lose yesterday to the Atlanta Braves. Eight to three. White Sox were off yesterday. Uh, they've been off for a good part of the season, but they were, like, not playing. Yesterday, more specifically, they take on the Seattle Mariners uh, in an attempt to make this roller coaster season back on the upswing again. You never know. You never know. The Detroit Tigers did win yesterday. Now they're 7 
up on the Chicago White Sox. But remember, uh, and this was interesting because we weren't planning on talking about it, but uh, me and the big dog yesterday in the discussion, I think somewhere along the way, the Colorado Rockies of 2004 came up in that incredible streak. I think Joel said it was 22-1 and in their final 23 games. And we've seen teams get hot in stretch runs, so it brought to us, uh, you know, this year. Who could be that team? Well, I guess question A is, will there be that team? There not always is. And then question B, if there is, you know, who will be that team that is somewhat nondescript right now? Their fans are kind of discouraged. And uh, certainly uh, right here in Chicago, we got one of those teams that fit that bill. Not excited. A little bit discouraged. But the talent to go on a run. I think you could definitely say the Chicago White Sox are that. I, I, I think the National League equivalent, and again, they've been more abound all season long. It's hard to fathom that they would do that, but that's exactly what people were saying about the Colorado Rockies five, six years ago. They had no chance. No chance. And then they went on a streak of 22 out of 23. Now, we're not saying anybody's going to get on that kind of a hot streak, but, you know, again, A, will there be that team? And B, if there is that team, which team will it be that makes a late, late run? I think the National League equivalent of that is Cincinnati Reds. Talented. Very similar to the White Sox. Uh, you know, they were predicted to win their division. Frustrating season. They've shown signs of playing a uh, pretty good baseball, but for the most part, it's been a season of lost potential, season of disappointment. So, you know, they're, they're the type of team. You know, Milwaukee Brewers, are they capable of a mini collapse? Absolutely. Chicago Cubs, our beloved Cubs, taking on the Brewers this weekend. Maybe we could play the role of the spoiler. There's some other teams out there. How about Tampa Bay? The boy wonder, Andrew Friedman, who all the Cub fans want to come here as a general manager. You know, Tampa Bay, what, sneaking up on, it's all been Boston and the Yankees, Yankees and Boston, Boston and the Yankees. But Tampa Bay still only eight back. Maybe they get on a ridiculous hot streak. Maybe it's the White Sox. Who knows? Starts with the Seattle Mariners this weekend. Ichiro! Haven't done that for a while, sorry. Quiet season for Ichiro Suzuki. First time, I think, in 10 years he did not make the uh, the All-Star game. So we'll talk a little baseball as well. Detroit Tigers did win yesterday. We mentioned that. And how about the New York Yankees? 22-9. 22-9 over the Detroit Tigers. Wow. Wow. Major league record. Not sure, did it tie or did it break an all-time record? Three grand slams by one team in a nine-inning game. We're waiting to get a hold of the big dog here. If the big dog was on the line, I guarantee he could tell us if that was a record or not. Our phone lines, by the way, if you want to check in and maybe uh, answer some of the trivia for us, 888-463-6748. Three grand slams. Three grand slams in a single game, nine-inning game, I believe. A Major League Baseball record for the New York Yankees, 22 to 9. Here's another record. Here's another one. And I hate to dump on a guy who things are going bad. And I think people that listen to this show on a regular basis, I think we do a pretty good job. And if I could stretch out the shoulders a little bit and stick out the chest a little bit, I could say a real good job of not falling into the trap of a lot of the other sports talk shows and media people out there and becoming so negative and so critical. I don't think we're homers. I don't think we're, you know, tiptoeing through the tulips, taking a walk in the sunny woods, if you will. But I think for the most part, we try to enjoy the games and stay optimistic and not get 
caught in that mucky mire of mediocrity and negativity that I think some of the sports talk and media people can get into where you kind of feed off each other. It happens in politics, too. Okay, so it's not something we typically do, but but I saw this in the paper today. How about this? Adam Dunn. Now, this is really bad. Again, you hate to pour salt on a wound here. And if there is a wounded player in Major League Baseball this year, it's the big fella, Adam Dunn. 162 batting average. Ready for this, David Olson? 162 batting average. He has 153 strikeouts. There was a writer in our local paper who said, you know, what day next week? Will his strikeouts be higher than his batting average? And I can almost guarantee that that has never happened in Major League Baseball before. Wow. And again, I preface it by saying I don't want to put salt on the wound. I don't want to fire on a guy who is down right now. But uh, wow. More strikeouts. More strikeouts than your batting average. Next, next, by next week, if he's still hitting 160, he could have 162 strikeouts. And 160 walks. I mean, it's unbelievable. All right, 888 463 The phone number is 773-888-463-6748. The phone number here. And uh, I do have a, a question for the big dog. Is he on the line right now? All right, let's welcome in. I'm not sure. I'm not as kind. David Olson's giving me the thumb up. Which, uh, you know, typically he does give me one digit on uh, most yeah, he, days. He should be there. We've been, I've been trying to get up on, uh, up on Skype for the last 10 most minutes. Most days the one him. digit David gives me, thank you very much, David, is not the thumb, but I appreciate the thumb today and not the, uh, other digit. Let's welcome in the big dog. Joel Radwanski, big dog, how are you? Uh, I'm very good. And there's one thing you have to do when you welcome in. Do I sound fine like this? Do you sound fine? Do I sound okay? Uh, no. You don't, I don't. Okay. Well, I, I think he sounds all right. I think he sounds all right. I think he sounds better than right. he did yesterday. All right. Maybe, you know, I, I have audio, uh, hearing situations myself. So you're probably asking the wrong guy, but, uh, big dog, I wanted to now, open up. Now, now, open up. How, now, how do I sound? What? Now, how do I sound? Still not so good. But again, that's me. David Olson says okay. you sound perfect and David's ears, uh, are a lot better than mine. His hair's a lot better than mine too, as well. Uh, I wanted to open up the show, Big Dog, by uh, see if you can figure it out. I left my local. I was a little bit late getting into the show today. My usual five-minute of pre-preparation was down to about a minute and a half. Stopped in at my local 7-Eleven slash Walgreens and walked out with a big smile on my face. Why did I walk out today with a big smile on my face? Um, they had uh, a big sale on Depends. <laughs> Smart ass. Uh no, you got three guesses, you have two left. Um uh, well, let me say uh, there was a bomb that they was a two for one deal on because I know you're big on the bombs, coach. Had nothing to do with any kind of liquid or lotion. Thank you very much. This is heading in one direction and it's the wrong direction. Well, I think now. Think of the time of year it is. Think of the job yes. that I am doing and think of a Walgreens slash a seven eleven. And again, particularly on a day like today and this time of year, why, my friend, did I walk out with a big smile on my face? You have one guest left. Did you get a gallon Slurpee? <laughs> no. That would have put a big smile on the face of my son. David Olson, you think you got a guess. Yes, Dave. You walked out with the uh, preps preview? Hey, ho! Bing, ding, 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 ding. Three newspapers in hand, big dog. USA Today. College Football 2011 Preview. Daily Herald 
college football and high school football previews. Chicago Sun-Times, high school football and college Three different papers, three different football previews. $2.75, Big Dog, and I had the biggest smile on my face. Uh, I'm going to have a real big smile on my face this afternoon because at uh, 11 o'clock I won't have anything to do for a couple hours, and that's what I'm going to go do is go buy those newspapers, go yep. to a restaurant, yep. and, and read as much, much as I possibly can. Uh, you're not going to wear, uh, like last year, I think you wore just your bathrobe and you got in a little bit of trouble. Are you going to dress up this time? Uh, well, during the football issue, no. <laughs> There's, I mean, I gotta, I gotta feel like I'm in a locker room, okay, butt naked. <laughs> uh, that's fine, but if you could do that in the privacy of your own home, the people at the IHOP last year, from what I heard, there were more than a few complaints. Well, I'm staying in Uptown right now, Coach. Okay. These people have other concerns to worry about. Yeah, well, the people, in, the people in IHOP would have told you you were in Uptown when you were reading the paper. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what that means. Yeah. Okay, but I'm... I, I just know how excited you can get with the uh, college football <laughs> preview show, so I'm just telling you to dress up and don't wear the bathrobe like you did last year. Figure it out. Yeah, yeah I, I will not wear the bathrobe like I did last year. <laughs> oh, you know, it, it's pretty, you know, as much as we're excited about college football, you yes. know, it's funny you're bringing up the, the Adam Dunn thing. You know, I was talking last <laughs> week about, you know, he could have 200 strikeouts and less than 100 hits this season. I didn't even think about his average being surpassed by his strikeouts. Now, I'm sure it's happened before in the history of baseball, but it was a guy that had five at-bats was was <laughs> 0 for 1. Yes. I mean, 0 for 5 and had two strikeouts. Yeah. You know, it wasn't some guy that had more than 20 strike or 20 at-bats. Suffice it to uh, say, I mean, and you're our historian, suffice it to say, nobody's ever gone this late in the year with that many at-bats and come even close to that kind of horrific statistic. Just to let you know, no major league player after 300 at-bats ever had a lower batting average than 770, 177 mm. in 300 at-bats. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying, how historic it is. So now he's over 400 at-bats, and you're talking 162? Yeah. This will never happen again. Yeah. Never. If he was a rookie, he would have been dropped three and a half months ago, but since they're paying him 14 yeah. mil a year, it, all of a sudden he's on the team. And again, I prefaced it by saying, Big Dog, uh, and I don't think you heard this part, but I did preface it by saying I'm pretty proud, very proud of the fact that I don't think the two of us on our show here get uh, too caught up in the negativity that some other shows get into and start criticizing people and stuff. And again, we don't want to just, you know, tiptoe through the tulips and uh, take a walk out in Sunshine Park and never criticize. But, uh, you know, it's not our game to get too much caught in the negativity. So I don't want to fire up too much on Adam Dunn. But that particular statistic uh, is just, uh, it's amazing of the most negative kind. That's what I'm saying. Those numbers are so amazingly and shockingly bad. You kind of have to bring them up as as talk show hosts. Another thing is I cannot wait for college football to actually start for a simple reason. So we don't have to hear about stories about the University of Miami and the latest coming out about Jordan Jefferson at LSU, who I was uh, hoping actually had a a good senior year because the guy's taken up a lot of abuse for being dumb. Well, it turns out he may have been kicking some unconscious guy in the face during a bar fight yeah okay like stuff we don't need stories like this coming out uh right before college i cannot wait to get some games and if he was kicking anybody unconscious in the face he doesn't deserve to play the game of football ever again i'm, I'm serious about well, that coach. let's find out what the circumstances were yeah you know, maybe he was attacked and you know fighting back i doubt it but innocent to yes. proven guilty let's find out we do know that jordan jefferson is the new amelda marcos of the college football world, because when they... Lots of shoes, huh? Apparently. Like, what, like 60, 70 pairs of shoes for a college kid. That's not bad. That's a lot of well, shoes. Were they all gym? 
Are they um, all gym shoes, though? One pair of high heels, which is a little bit disconcerting, but a uh, couple of dress shoes. Most of them were gym shoes, yes. Well, that, yeah, that's, he probably goes out and has, mm-hmm. like, uh, one of his guys that are getting paid, you know, one of the agents that are helping him out, you know, why don't you just get me, like, the brand-new Jordans, blah, 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 all that other stuff. So that's yeah. – he probably gets a lot of that stuff. So it's nothing but gym shoes. It's I, I used to love guys like that when I came into Nike Town. I knew exactly who they were, and I became friends with them, and I would write them Christmas cards. And I'm not kidding. Write these guys Christmas cards <laughs> from your and birthday says, cards. You think, you think I'm kidding, Coach? Yes, I do. You always talk about how you always break, like, oh, you're not organized and all that stuff. But when it comes to the things that I love, like making money, which I haven't done a lot of lately, I need to love that a little more, I was good at it. So, I've, yeah, I've, the, so those guys, like the Jordan Jeffersons of the world, trust me, Coach, I would, I would have befriended him not because he was the quarterback at LSU, but because I know he had a fixation, an insatiable one with a collection of shoes. I've gotten Christmas cards from strange people over the years. Not that many, but there's been a few strange ones. But I can safely say I've never gotten a Christmas card or any other kind of greeting card from my shoe salesman. So I think you, you know, know what it's – well, it's good, Coach. I, when I was at Nike Town, I had about 50 guys that I would write. I'm not kidding you. I would do it on a day off. I was watching sports all day long. Rem- remember something about these guys. Write it in the card. It took me like an hour, maybe two hours, and next thing I know, every one of those guys would come in and drop like a 1000 bucks. I'd be like, well, thank you very much. That that one minute of me writing a card for you just made me $80. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Seriously. So, yeah, Jordan Jefferson, he would be on the, the, the Red Wonski for our Christmas list, Coach. Yep. By the way, the uh, pair of high heels, apparently, uh, Darren from Des Plaines, our new friend here on the show, apparently emailing in, said it was a lovely pair of purple stilettos. So go oh, really? Was it, were they, was it a Ferragamo, a Santoni? You know what I'm saying? Because those are expensive. Those are like $800 shoes, well, much can... more impressive than a $100 pair of gym shoes. Uh, Darren from Displays would know better than me, but I'm going to gander a guess and say absolutely. If he's got a pair of stilettos, they got to be uh, some high-powered ones. I'm just I'm guessing, but I'm pretty sure that's an accurate guess. Um, now, we mentioned as part of the show, Big Dog, and again, our phone lines are open here. You want to check in, 888-463-6748. Not only college football and all the excitement and stuff, but we do, and we do this every year. We don't cover a lot of high school football on this show because we're a international national sports talk show via the internet here we're a big high school football fan but let's just get it out big dog that we do want to wish all the high school teams around the country that have worked so hard i mean it's unbelievable all athletes but these football players they're in the weight room like two weeks after the season's over working in the yes. offseason summer you know four or five weeks sweating out in camps now you got your preseason it's finally time to play football let's wish good luck and safe health to all the high school football players who open up uh, this evening uh, yeah, it is a year-round, a uh, year-round thing. I mean, it's immediate. Uh, high schools train. I mean, it's been that way for a long time. Where they legitimately, right when you get out of football, if you're not in another sport. And I love the high school football coaches because I had one of those in Pete Ventrilli who said, "We want you to play other sports." And if you played other sports, all of a sudden you find yourself the second string. You know, so uh, <laughs> seriously, yeah, if you were if you did not train year-round with the football program, they found out reasons why you shouldn't belong on the team anymore. Oh, the swimming so team, the, I think that would be wonderful for you. It would be cross training, good experience. You make some no social friends. Very, very nice, Jimmy. Six months later, Jimmy, you're third string. I don't care if you started last year. Go do the backstroke no, if you don't like it. 
It's exactly that's exactly what happened. Oh, so you're on the swim team? Well, at least you're going to be accompanied with water because that's what you're going to be doing, taking the water out to the guys that are that are actually on the field. How do you think I'm kidding, Coach? Oh my goodness! During baseball season, I would like Ventrilli wouldn't talk to me for two and a half months because I was on the baseball team. Legitimately, would walk past me in the hall, hey, Coach, and he would walk right past me. Yeah, like basically, you're not my coach. I'm not your coach right now. You know, you're a baseball coach, Oof. baseball player. It's it's so it, it happens, Coach. It, so. Uh, these guys work year-round, and I have a question for you. Uh, so these are the high school football previews. Now, you, you, you've come up with Purdue as your surprise Big Ten pick. Yes, sir. And and you just have it at that because, uh, you you know, when people say I have a gut feeling, you truly are just a gut feeling. I'm a gut feeling. You really feeling don't know. Good. Yep. Well, you, you have no idea who's going to win anything. So I was, who's your gut feeling surprise team in high school football this year? Because trust me, you probably have just as much knowledge on this the Big Ten, as you do around the state of Illinois high school football. Mm-hmm. And school. I don't know if I'm complimenting you. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much. High school <laughs> football, how about this one for you? A team that has okay. not been uh, up for many, many years, one of the biggest schools around. How about Evanston High School, the Wildcats, who have been mired in mediocrity for many, many a year. This could be the year they break out and make like a long string of success at Evanston High School. Yeah, one of the more famous high schools in Illinois too, because there's always there's movies about it, all kinds of stuff. So and they it's old too, it's like 1870s, mm-hmm. isn't it? Evanston High School. I mean, yeah. it's a really really old high school. So yeah, got some NFL players. Oh. Mike Ken, remember the uh, All Pro offensive lineman out of the uh, what? Who did he play for? Atlanta. Atlanta. And he was a right tackle. Yeah. And he was he was Howard, awesome. Him Howard and, Jones, a uh, running back, kick returner, wide receiver for the Oakland Raiders, came out of Evanston mm-hmm. High School. They had more than a couple. Now, Evanston known for their track team, right? Like yes. a great track team up there? Yes, tremendous okay. track team. Tremendous track. So okay. there's my, you know, off, just off the top of the cup, my surprise team. But anyhow, good luck to all those high school teams out there. And, and the big thing is, big dog, stay healthy. This concussion thing is really, yeah. uh, you know, it is a concern for the kids. Front page story in our Chicago Tribune today is about the high school players and uh, kids that basically have had to quit football. Because of the you, concussions, you know, you know, parents are getting more concerned. Athletic trainers are more concerned. Hopefully the coaches are as concerned as the trainers and parents. No, no, quite obviously you have to do all the post-concussion stuff right, and I'll let the doctors handle the coaches in that. How about this? Let's pre-concussion stuff. Coaches must teach players to tackle between their nipples, and the, the object is to knock the ball out, not knock the player out. You run through people aggressively, and I, and I don't want the, the violence and the aggression in football to ever be taken away. Mm-hmm. But players and the Pee Wee League from five on all the way up, we can't ask James Harrison to change the way he tackles as a 32-year-old defensive player of the year. But you can teach a 6, 7, 8, 10, 12, 15-year-old boy the proper way to run through somebody by stripping the ball out, trying to take the ball out, and still being aggressive without leading with your head, which leads to neck paralysis and also concussions for everybody around, Coach. Mm-hmm. I'm all about hitting people as hard as you possibly can. I'm also about a new wave, a new style of playing football the correct way, which are, is tackling with your chest. Are you aware, Gluteus Maximus Boy, are you yes. aware that they now do a pretest mandatory in high school for all high school athletes. Yes, just to make sure that they can do the, the concussion test on the sidelines right. or off the side of the court or so the there, mat. There actually is, a, and I forget the name of it. I apologize. Any of our parents out there, players, athletic trainers, listen to the show. You want to help us out? 888-463-6748. You're more than welcome. 
you're encouraged to join the conversation, but I forget the name of Big Dub, but you basically take some kind of test before, and then you can be tested on the sidelines, or you can be tested on the Monday after the game, and if you don't pass the test, you're out for four or five days. If you do, you're good to go. Yeah, and so and it's as simple as that, Coach. And and I know how I would have been. I definitely would have learned. I would have had all my friends take the test first, tell me what was on it, and then make sure I did a poor score. You think I'm kidding? You think I'm kidding about this? No question. I I've, I had a concussion in, in a football game in in 1988, and I never left that game. Never did anything. And I were and I knew I was banged up. Because I, I woke up at halftime and had played a whole entire half on the opening kickoff. I got hit so hard that I flipped. The guy hit me in the side of my, perfectly on my jaw, on my weak side where I can barely see. I was, I was, I had a concussion, played awesome. And then when the, at a halftime, I was like, I talked to my buddy Joe Hogan. I'm like, I'm like, why are we at halftime? And he's like, you've been loopy all day. And, and I told him, keep the coaches away from me. He's like, no problem. So think about this. this is my best friend. And at the time, we're too big. Both of us are too big of idiots to realize that I could be causing long-term effects, which I really don't think I did. But you know, it's it's I was hiding from a from the coaching staff, and they were like, asking me questions. One was like, "You all right?" I'm like, "I'm fine. I'm fine." I was just trying to be intense. Well, my head was like, I was loopy, coach, at the same time, but I had like that mentality that I didn't want to come out of the game. Yeah, well, unfortunately, was, there are hundreds and hundreds of stories, not just in football, by the way. Concussions happen a lot yeah. of other sports. Hundreds, uh, thousands of stories like that, similar in previous years in high school uh, sports and even a recreational sport. Fortunately, it's getting better, And, and mm-hmm. uh, but your story could be repeated many, many a time, Big Doug, and uh, fortunately, you're okay, and you only occasionally on this show show signs of uh, being concussed in your earlier years. I, th- I think that's more <laughs> of self-induced brain trauma than uh, actually, you know, you know, it, it, it is a serious, it is a serious thing. You think about a yes. girl's soccer? I mean, girls' soccer have some – there's stories of concussions of oh, girls' yeah. soccer where they, they suffer them for 10, 15 years and neck any, trauma and all this. you got two girls. Why, why, yeah, do, really, you, any why do you pick out girls? Soccer, period. I, I, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, yes. you know, you think football, but girls' soccer has horrendous concussions in the two. I mean, like, the only safe sport maybe in, in high school, if you think about it, might be bowling. Or badminton, and still, so, yeah, I mean, seriously, badminton you could maybe do an ACL or something like that. But it's it, all sports have a concussion uh, problem. So let's not just pick on football as, as the as. My son is uh, running cross country. I would uh, hope that that is a concussion free sport, but you never know. Some dude might spike him from behind. He might step in a hole somewhere and land on his head. If there's a way to get injured, I'm sure my son will find a way. The, the most likely way to get injured is a heart attack if you're running against the, the York Dukes of Elmhurst. <laughs> that could definitely happen. I still like the fact yeah. David Olson, Joel, the only guy I know who, if he would have had an opportunity, would have cheated on his con- concussion test. You get some guy who's a full mental faculties take the test for you on your concussion test. Now, that's a beautiful thing. No, no, no. You, you, you score low on the initial test, yeah. Coach. So that when they do it on the sideline, and if you technically are concussed, hey, he's even better. <laughs> Get him out there. Uh, you, you, you'll take the test initially and purposely screw up, and they'll, they'll refer you to Next yeah. thing you know, your name will be called, like, third period over the loudspeaker. Joe Radwanski, please report to the special education office, please. Mr. Radwanski, to the special education office. Uh, Joel, we'd like to talk to you. Uh, it's, it's, easy to get, it's easy to get one of those girls to go to the prom with you, though. Yeah, I know. Because as a matter of fact, I uh, I was in. I I almost lost. 
I had I broke my hand my my sophomore year, and I was still playing varsity football. But what ended up happening was I w- I had to go to the special ed classes during for gym. Okay, so during special ed class, my baseball coach happened to be the the teacher there, and I took care of all these guys, mm-hmm. and I put them through all of our football drills, coach. I was actually teaching special education kids all of our football drills. Well, it turns up right before one of our game, our principal calls me and says, you can't play today because you've been in special education classes, blah, 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 and you can't be in a special education class and play at a varsity level. I went freaking berserk. And I, I actually wrote, I wrote down, like, and I was like, please, can you look at this before? And then I was like, I'll get out of the class. I was like, please talk to the teacher. I've been helping these kids out. I was actually, I've done more athletically during this class than I, you know, I was training myself, you know, instead of going out there for 45 minutes and kicking around with a bunch of idiots, you know, that don't do anything for 45 minutes, I was teaching special education kids and, and training myself as hard as possible. Next thing you know, it almost cost me a varsity football game, coach. I, le- legitimately, I told you about the concussion thing. That day I was in tears talking to the principal. Please don't let me miss this game. Seriously, it was, it was one of the most dramatic days of my life. He let me play. They let me play. They, they actually said they were going to write a letter to the IHSA and explain the whole thing. And then we never heard back from anybody from that whole entire situation. So it was under the carpet. Interesting. All right. Well, I'm glad it turned out turned out okay for you. But, uh, you know, you're doing a good deed. You're doing a good deed. Yes. You're helping out the cause, and you almost got penalized. If I was going to ask you how it uh-huh. ended out, but fortunately you got to play. That's outstanding. Uh so, you know, football starts today. Very, very good. Good luck to all the high school teams out there. Going to be a lot of fun. But uh, next week, big dog. Next week. And I also said this at the start of the show where you were having uh, technical difficulties. Next week, I believe, is the 10-year anniversary as we debut the 2011 version of arguably one of radio's most mediocre sports games. Beat the Schmoes next Friday, my friend. We're one week away from our first Beat the Schmoes. Oh, coach! I don't know how I did last year. I don't remember. I've had up and down doesn't years. Uh, it doesn't matter. Just the fact that we're playing again. It's a new season. I don't think you, a new season is. It doesn't matter to me. Huh? Yes. The yeah. landscape is out there. That's what I'm a talking 50, about. Week next week. We, next week we can worry about the wins and losses. Right now, the exciting thing is uh, football's here. Beat the schmoes. Uh, a new season is upon us, my friend. Well, uh, unfortunately for me. Uh-oh. I won't be able to watch football until November because hopefully I'll be busy working every Saturday and Sunday until then. But fortunately for my picks, that may help them. <laughs> Less is more, huh? And I'm just kidding around. I, I am much better when I actually get to watch the games okay. as opposed to not watch them. So we'll see how it goes this year. I'm really excited about uh, picking college football games. I didn't even consider beat the schmoes, but I'm already. I'm already. Uh, I'll think. I'll have these games ready by Monday morning, coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Monday, by Monday morning. Oh, you, you know, mean, I, we don't eat them until Friday. Oh, but okay. I'll be ready by Monday. I thought you were saying Monday after the games. You know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's usually the best time. That's <laughs> yeah, not a bit. Why didn't I think of that? And and are you aware, counting our radio show, that this will be a one decade? I don't know if we want to, you know, some newspaper want to do a feature story on us, but it is one decade old. Ten year birthday of Beat the Schmoes. I so, like, it's kind of like if a radio and web series is cast and nobody's listened, does it really exist? <laughs> oh, man, that hurts. That no, hurts. well, it, things are changing, Coach. We're going to figure out a way to, to get us out there so we can be heard by a multitude of people. Figure out quickly. And, and, well, one of them would be me not talking about my special education class in high school. No, 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 that's good stuff. You, you think so? Okay, yeah, good. Absolutely. Who wants to hear us break down the baseball? 
I've heard from more than a few people that the, the, the better part of our show is when we go off topic. When we start acting like we're intelligent sports talk hosts, nobody, quite frankly, cares. I understand that totally, Coach. And I will no longer act intelligent on this show. <laughs> act. Act is a key word. It's not exactly what I was saying, but it does go with the theme of you being concussed many year t- uh, many times in your earlier years. Big Dog, I have a three-page layout in front of me that I'm looking at. Now, David Olson probably thinks that I'm uh, looking at some unclothed material here, but I will turn it over. David, you can see it is not a picture of any uh, adult extremities. But what I have in front of me, Big Dog, and I would like to uh, just to get you a little excited about college football, we'll get to baseball in just a second. Top 10 atmospheres, top 10 game days Ooh. in all of college football. Yeah, well, that this is going to be totally objective. I, I got to throw out there. So Mississippi has got to be number one, right, Coach? Mississippi, the one that, not, not listed in the top ten. That's ridiculous. Mike Moreau and I have already talked about this. That that list is garbage. It's on that list means nothing to me now. No matter what's on it, I, I won't care. Honestly, if, if Mississippi isn't on it, it makes no sense. What can I tell you? Okay, Nebraska. Nebraska, Nebraska Wisconsin, Auburn, uh, Florida. Nebraska, number nine, strolling through Lincoln on a home football Saturday. I'm always struck by this when the traffic signal flashes. Don't walk. Nebraskans actually don't walk. That's how it starts out. But, yeah, Nebraska's right up there at number nine. <laughs> Auburn, you mentioned? Number yes. six with the uh, the War Eagle. and okay. uh, got what They start singing the Rocky Top and all that Tiger Stadium. No, with no, 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 no. Rocky Top. That's Tennessee. Oh. Sorry about that. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Here it says. It says I've been to Athens and Tuscaloosa. Is that where Mississippi is? Alabama is Tuscaloosa. Oh, Alabama. Okay. <laughs> what, what was the first? What was the first? I've been one to Athens, said? Georgia, Tuscaloosa, and Rocky Which is Top, and Tiger Stadium. But the best SEC crowd I ever heard was the Orange Canyon of Auburn's Jordan Hare Stadium. Auburn number six yeah. on the list. Okay, uh, see, I would, I'm thinking Wisconsin, yeah, without a doubt. Go ahead. No, without a doubt, Wisconsin's on there, Coach. Yeah, without, without that, a doubt, they're one step away from number one. Okay, because uh, I, I, like I told you, the first time I had ever seen a 14-year-old girl uh, slam half a pint of Jack Daniels and throw it <laughs> into a garbage can was right before walking into Wisconsin Stadium. I'm like, yeah. are you serious? <laughs> I have never – legitimately, they have barrels – Going into the stadium and they're full with nothing but hard alcohol bottles. And like, just <laughs> legitimately, they're just, they don't even pat people down. I'm in there, like, I, I see thought, drunken, just, it's, it's amazing. I thought it's Wisconsin, just, um, I thought Wisconsin was a beer state. What's with the hard alcohol? Well, well, they got both. They got both. And I've been to a couple of Wisconsin games. It is a thing of beauty. Do not go there with your family. Coach, you and I need to go there when we have somebody to drive an RV up there. It is ungodly, <laughs> yeah. especially like I, if, if they're playing like Iowa, I can't even – Wisconsin-Iowa rivalry is almost as good as the Wisconsin-Minnesota rivalry, but you don't want to go up there with – you don't want the Minnesotans up there because they start fights. Okay, I, I've, I've got a, so, lot of, a lot of sports fantasy, sports dreams I want to do. One of them was to go to a Wisconsin game, Camp Randall. Many of them I have not acted on, Big Dog. They're easier said than done, but the one about going to Wisconsin – like two, three years ago, I did. Buddy of mine, very hard tickets to get, but a buddy of mine is a longtime alumni, goes to all the games, like six months in advance. I made up my uh-huh. mind, I got to yeah. get me in, and I, you know, I did not listen to your advice. I 
brought the family with us. But uh, six months in advance, I told him I'd love to go to a game, see if he can get us a ticket. Sure enough, uh, not two years ago, I think three years ago, we did take the trip up to Camp Randall, got there early, walked around campus, went to all the uh, the bars where the people are at and stuff, and uh, phenomenal, phenomenal pregame and postgame and during game collegiate football atmosphere. Thoroughly enjoyed it. No. Now, if you were in the bars, you probably only had a couple things that you didn't want your sons to see. But if you walked up and down the streets with the fraternity houses on it, yes. you saw thousands of things you didn't want your sons to see. Now, did you walk down those streets, Coach? Yes. You can walk right down the street with the, with alcohol in your hand as long as you look. And you're not acting like an idiot. The cops have way too many things to do. Yep. It's like a Grateful Dead concert, except it's the size of Madison, Wisconsin. Yep. It's, it's, it's awesome. I do recall so, uh, Monday after my son had to spend some time in the principal office, uh, the Monday after going to Camp Randall, I think in fifth grade during a recess, he, uh, or lunchtime break, I think it was, where he yelled out to the girls in the swing set, hey, show me your... So that didn't teeth? work out, huh? Teeth? Yeah, something like that. But, uh, you know, that was not the best impression, but nevertheless. Nevertheless, okay. awesome well, atmosphere. Number two. Number two. Well, I'm going to keep... I, on the okay, SMS. I'm going to keep guessing. Go ahead. Going to keep guessing here. Texas A&M has to be on the list. Hey, ho, I would not have put that in the top ten. David Olson, would you have thought Texas A&M top ten? I've heard that. Okay. Well, you know what it is? They've they've got a ranking dog number one. Okay, that's that's an obvious one, Coach. That that was definitely a top ten. Okay. It's a military institution. You got 20,000 rabid guys in uniform acting in unison. It is phenomenal. A Texas A&A game, Texas A&M game, is the most soccer-like atmosphere you'll get in in college football where they'll start singing and chanting, and they go absolutely berserk, and they, they are the 12th man. No 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 stadium in America is louder than Texas A&M, besides okay. possibly Oregon, which is another one that's going to be on that list. Can we coach. throw this out to the listeners here? If you got to agree, disagree with this list, or you got some add-ons, 888-463-6748, getting the college football excitement going one week till opening of the season. <laughs> and we play Beat the Schmoes here on the Two Guys in a Mic Show. Here's what it says about Texas A&M. Big Dog, you still with us? I'm, I'm, this is great. I'm loving this. All right. Well, here's what it says. While no campus is more friendly, the school's official greeting is howdy, for gosh sake. Few venues are more are more hostile to opponents than the Maroon Bowl of Kyle Field, where the eardrums of visiting players are under constant assault from the Aggies' 12th men. I mean, our great military institution are abusing visiting teams. The nation's best drilled student body standing throughout mm-hmm. the game. Responding yes. to hand signals from five yell leaders, A&M fans shout such intimidating and perplexing, <laughs> perplexing phrases as hullabaloo, connect, connect, and chigarugem, chigarugem, rough, tough, real stuff, Texas A&M. The Aggies are always are not so martial. When the lights go down at midnight yell, students with dates steal kisses or mug down in Aggie parlance. Just as a midnight yell is better when you have a date, A&M's grand tradition is grander still when the team is up as it should be in 2011. The Aggies are back, but the 12th man never left. Number one ranked college football atmosphere. Yeah, that's that's really cool. It deserves to be too. So, uh, so we've got a couple of them. Uh, I, the first one I said was wrong, and it belonged on there. I forgot which one I said, but it definitely belonged uh, on the list. Mississippi. Mississippi, yeah, Mississippi. It belongs right up there in the top five. Now, I think 
Alabama and Tennessee are going to get it just on the simple fact that you got such diehard and, and massive fans, and it is a one heck of an atmosphere. So both of those universities made it too, didn't they, Coach? Surprisingly did not. Really? I am surprised about that. Neither so, one. Uh, now, you did mention right before those two, you did mention one that did make it, and that's Oregon. Oregon, yeah. Oregon is yeah, rated so, number 10. So you've got A&M at one, Wisconsin at two. You do not have three, four, five. Five is a little tricky because it's a combo game on a neutral site. See if you can figure it out. Uh, that's all, Army Navy. Uh, no, not Army Navy. That all, is Oklahoma. Yes. yes. The Red River that's Rivalry. Oklahoma. Uh, as we're having problems with the phone lines here. The Red River rivalry is right, Big Dog, and, and they hold that at a neutral site. They also hold it, do they not, in conjunction with the Texas State Fair? Yes, they do, Coach. Okay. It, it's, a, it's a great place to get some, some Longhorn to eat and then some Longhorn to beat if you're an Oklahoma fan. Mm-hmm. I prefer the uh, – uh, I heard the Mac Jones on a stick is very, very tasty. Mac Brown on a stick. Ugh. Now, that's supposed to be a dessert, a chocolate dessert. Is that true? Possibly. Possibly. Um, number eight, also out of the Pac-10, Washington. I would not have thought of Washington. Yeah, that's a good one. UW has some pretty crazy fans, Coach, some extremely uh, rabid fans up there. Just because they've been bad the last eight years, this shouldn't take away from the fact that those are some hardy fans that deal with the rain every game and are extremely loud at Husky Stadium. Says one of the unique things about Washington University is they don't just tailgate, they also sailgate. Apparently. Yeah, it's right next to the little lake. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Is the, the lake, you can look into the, the football stadium. So they get on the lake, they pull the boats up, they get into the stadium, they go back yeah. on the lake and, and, and boat home. That's one of the cooler traditions in all of college sports. Wonder what the urination levels of the lake look like post game. Probably not too good. No, not good. Yeah. Not Washington good. Husky it's, football, where we let it all hang out. But, uh, yeah, there's a picture of it right here. You can see the football stadium, the boats, the fans leaving the boats headed to the stadium. How cool is that? I was not aware of that. Uh, when I just said lake, when I said lake, Coach, I want to take that back. I do believe that's Puget Sound. Now that I think about it, it's nope. Puget Sound over there. No. Nope. It isn't? Yeah, I think it's Lake Washington's Union Bay. Okay. Okay. It's not far from Puget Sound, though. It, it can't be. Yep. All right. So uh, we got that uh, number seven, number five, the Red River Rivalry. Three and four. Number four is Notre Dame. Not sure. It's, you know, I've been I've been to Notre Dame games, but I always go to the Notre Dame game when my buddy gives me tickets when they're playing Syracuse or some or Army. So I would say I had the feel of it, but I didn't. I never went to a Notre Dame game when it was a massive, huge game. So or a big rivalry. So I I don't see it as that high on the list. Mm-hmm. I know people from Notre Dame would find that sacrilegious, but I really don't find it that high on the list. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you on there. Uh, uh, great tradition. Well, it's a handful. But I, I don't know that you can compare it to some of the larger stadiums. Speaking of the larger stadiums, the two teams you're missing, now you, gain, you, you guessed Alabama and Tennessee. Those two could have just as easily replaced these two southern teams. So think two teams similar to Tennessee and Alabama, but SI has got these two. Game days rated over Tennessee with their 100,000 and Alabama with their 80,000 crazies. But I should have got LSU immediately, Coach. I should have got LSU. That should have been the one right after, I guess, Mississippi and after, I guess, Texas A&M. LSU has uh, 100,000 people in the stadium, and I'm not kidding you. This is no lie. They have 400,000 people outside the stadium. They get half a million people in town 
every single Saturday night for those games. And and it's they play most of their home games at night. Yep. LSU Tiger Stadium is definitely a trip that's going to be made by me. And hopefully I'm going to do that in a year when LSU is good. Mm-hmm. Because I, And I want to go there when they blow a game. Because supposedly LSU fans are worse than Philadelphia fans. Honestly, that, that's what they're being compared to is Philadelphia uh, sports fans. Not <laughs> LSU, except they eat alligator. I experienced that a little bit. Uh, it says the Bayou Bengals, by the way. Good knowledge by yourself, Big Dog. The Bayou Bengals are 219 wins and 60 losses in their night games over the years. Wow. Compared That's with the 21-26 and 26 record during the day. Go figure that out. I like this comment, though. Rather than for the night games. Rather than squander the daylight hours, many LSU students spend the daylight hours ingesting adult beverages instead. So there's no waste yes. of time during the uh, the pregame. No, no, not at all. And who wants to wake up and go to an 11 a.m. kickoff? That means you got to start drinking at 7 a.m. You know, but if you if you kick off at seven, what you do is you the team that game that you're worried about, which is your LSU Tiger game. You know, there's going to be only four or five other games out. Well, all day long, you can wake up at nine, watch college game day. Start drinking at noon while you're watching Indiana get beat by Illinois, you know, and the 11 o'clock game. At 2.30, you watch Notre Dame get shocked by Air Force, and then you have dinner, you walk to the game, and next thing you know, you're all primed and loose, and you get to watch LSU take on Florida or something like that or Auburn. I mean, to me, that's about as good of a college day for a 21 or 21-year-old, because you've you got to be 21 to drink, even in, in Louisiana, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just seems like an ideal day, Coach, for a college football. Uh, it sounds awfully good to me. Every there's a Here's a website we need to check out, Big Dog. Maybe you're aware of this one, but it says, uh, according to everydayshouldbesaturday.com. Yes. i got to check. Have you ever heard of that website? Uh, I have not, but okay. I'm going to go to it as soon Every, as I get off the According to everydayshouldbesaturday.com, a website we all need to check out, LSU is a game day experience, in quote, peerless in terms of demonstration of intensity, lunacy, commitment. I love that. Commitment, flair, and menace. How's that for a description? Menace. Menace. By the way, <laughs> I've, I've been arrested for many things. Yes. Okay. Next time I get arrested, I either want menace or mayhem. <laughs> Me. I'm going to ask the police officer, could yeah. you just do it? I mean, as long as it's victimless. What exactly is in, you know, instigating mayhem? I, I mean, know. that's a. It's, but it does okay. sound, I have to admit, I haven't been, uh, I haven't had as many close encounters of a uh, not so comfortable kind with law officers as you have. But if I was going to get arrested, if I was going to go handcuffs, getting arrested, uh, brought in for menace, that would be, uh, <laughs> you know, you could walk out pretty proud of that. I would have to agree with you. That's okay. not bad. All right. So there we, go. we get all excited for college football, opening of the – Oh, I still – give me the rest of them, though. Give oh, me the well, rest. We almost got them all. I think Florida is the only one we missed. I said uh, I, said, I said Florida. Okay. I, okay. That was – I said Florida. I said I, – well, the first thing I said was uh, Mississippi should be on there, Florida should be on there, Auburn okay. should be on there. And then I was, then I was okay. wrong about the Mississippi part. We, so nailed, I, uh, we nailed all ten, and apparently everybody is forgetting Mississippi. I'm a little disappointed in my – Northwestern Wildcats in the rabid college football town that is Evanston Big Dog. You walk down Central Street, right past Muster's Last Stand, and head to uh, beautiful Welsh Ryan Arena, or what's the uh, Dyke Stadium? Ryan's Patrick Ryan. Don't call me Dyke Stadium. You tell you cannot tell me there's a better atmosphere in college football than that. I could tell you that, coach. Yeah, you're probably. I could definitely. You're probably. How would you like to? How would you like to see LSU fans trying to find parking at Northwestern? 
<laughs> Somebody's front lawn is going to be tore up. That's all I do. The Dominics across Green Bay Road would never be the same. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. I went I mean, to school. I, like, I, I my school. brother actually, he, he rolled up on somebody and says, hey, I'll, I'll give you 50 bucks if I can park in your front lawn. He was right next to the stadium. Mm-hmm. The guy's like, yeah, no problem. And, and so I asked him, do you do this all the time? He's like, no, people usually offer like 10, 50 bucks. <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was right next It was legitimately you. It's right across the street from the field. So I, thought, I, was, I was really happy with my brother that day. I so. had brief experience with the uh, LSU football experience. Now, I never went to Baton Rouge for a game, but I did my first two years of school go to Tulane. And, hey, yeah, you, so you know. You well, know, Tulane and LSU back then was a massive that's rival. That's exactly coach. right. Now it's not back then. That was the big game. Probably bigger for Tulane than LSU, but I did experience some of the LSU fans and uh, – the best way I can describe it, Big Dog, at times they're just they're they're not right. <laughs> There's just something something uncomfortably rabid about those fans. Yeah, and okay, and I'm not here to knock the people from the bayou, but let's admit New Orleans is the most different of all towns in the United States. There's like a flair and a flamboyance about it that you don't get anywhere else. It's even Las Vegas. You, you, when they say whatever happens or stays there, New Orleans has that. Same type of, like, wow, crazy things happen down there. Yep. And then you think about the swampland people. Do you know those people go out and hunt alligators, shoot them, and eat them? <laughs> it's not like it, it's not like, oh, I know a guy. No, you are related to a guy who does that. Okay. So that happens. So when you can, you can find the debauchery and flamboyance of New Orleans oh, with people hunt, that hunt reptiles and eat them and throw them into a fan base. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. a combination that it makes an LSU fan. So you got one guy wearing beads and, or, and a girl showing you, you know what, and then another guy who has been showing you his, his things because he's in overalls. So, you know, I mean, I mean LSU women, by the way, they, there's nothing but tens and ones. There's no in-between with an LSU woman, just throwing it out. That's also an accurate description. Well, I got the big dog all fired up there. I love that uh, Particular description. College football coming at you. Can't wait for it. Starts next weekend. Awfully, awfully good. We just listed some of the 10 best game day atmospheres, but it's all over the country. You gotta just love the, uh, the rivalries and the uh, game day atmospheres, the tailgate and the post game, all that good stuff. And it's going to be fun to watch Oklahoma, your preseason number one, but uh, let the games unfold. Big dog on Monday. I'm going to test you on some of the Heisman candidates, some of the top players coming up for this year. So you better do your homework. Over the weekend, I know you'll be doing a lot of kayaking, but uh, bring a magazine while you kayak, preferably not the normal magazine you read, but a sports one. Well, uh, you know what? Uh, hopefully I'll have a little luck and my, my eyes won't be Ryan's and maybe uh, I'll figure out uh, I won't be Landry Jones in before the event. How about that, Coach? <laughs> That would be uh, very much appreciated. Hey, a couple of minutes left, dog. Let's switch from football and a couple other topics I want to bring up with you. Get our phone lines open. 888-463-6748. Big dog and a coach at your service. We got uh, Hurricane Irene. Any, David Olson, any updates on a vicious hurricane that is about to attack uh, the East Coast? Uh, President Obama spoke about 20 minutes ago, and he said all indications are this is going to be a historic hurricane. Oh, boy meaning it's going to slam into the coast and it's going to slam hard. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, hopefully Congress is in session and they have not evacuated. 
Sadly, they're on vacation. They're on vacation until after Labor Day. So, of course, big dog. Of course, in something they have to deal with. Oh my goodness! In something like this, seriously, big dog. In something like this, is the greatest danger the initial hit of wind and rain knocking down buildings, causing damage, sweeping cars away, or? And I think I'm going to favor the latter here, but you're our meteorological expert. Or is the bigger danger the post with the rising waters? Is that where the real damage will occur? Forget the initial. It's not just initial. This is going to go on for hours and hours and hours. This is a massive storm, Coach. And if it was just an initial hit, that would be fine. But, yeah, it's – I don't know how much rising waters you're going to get. Don't forget there was a flood because of the break of the, the levee in New Orleans. So it's not like you get floods with hurricanes. Mm-hmm. You, that's not – happens but i mean if you get hit with a hurricane for like four or five hours it could destroy a town if you get hit with a category five that lasts a day or two it could level everything coach if you're talking historic they uh downgraded it this morning to a category two so that's a little piece of good news i mean the the bad news is i mean it's going to go right up the coastline you know Mm -hmm. straight straight into new jersey and new england so, you know, Obama, so it's going it's to hit the Carolinas, and then it's it's supposed to smack right into New Jersey and into New England. Yeah, but if it's down to Hurricane okay. 2... That's that, still massive and bad, Coach. It is. Well, it's I mean, bad. a Category 2 has winds of 96 to 110 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. A Category 3 is 111 to 130 miles an hour. Oof. So, I mean, it's still, it, it's still a pretty bad storm. Could, look at it this way. The storms that have blown through here and all that destruction, it was like 70-mile-an-hour winds, okay? There's a point of reference for you. Yeah, and Dave, that's a great point. And and if you think about those storms that rolled through, even though displays got hit by every single one of them, it felt like, but it it, it seemed like it was a half-hour storm, and then it just goes to another community, so it takes about a half-hour to go through. If you're talking hours, like five to ten hours of being hit by one of these things, like things start getting loosened up and eventually start blowing away. Uh, so that could do a tremendous amount of damage, and especially not to say in Florida doesn't have homes that aren't prepared, but you build homes in Florida prepared for a hurricane. You don't build stuff in New Jersey preparing for a hurricane or in Massachusetts preparing for a hurricane. Oh, exactly, exactly. My entire family lives down in Florida, and as soon as they got word of Irene, they already started doing the prep. My brother-in-law had the boards all out, and he had the generator gassed up, and he had enough, he had enough gas, food, and water to last for three days. And is this was, home? They're on the Gulf. Is this home? Is this home made in a way that is made to like be better off during hurricanes? Yes, or they just, yes. Just... His entire subdivision is. His entire subdivision okay. is. And you know how, what percentage of those on the Upper East Coast are going to be made? percent of homes? With the, you know, so it's, yeah, be- you know, you got to figure some of the ones on the beachfront, maybe, but if you get a little bit inland, no. No, because, I mean, how often how often do hurricanes strike the eastern seaboard? Once a decade? They said, uh, yeah, it, it said, as a matter of fact, the last time they were expected a storm like this to hit uh, in New England was 1938 was the last time a storm of this size hit New England. So that's 73 years. Yeah, now I remember a hurricane blowing through New York City uh, 12 years ago. It was, it was 1999 because I was there right after it came through. And, I mean, it was nothing. It was by the time it hit New York, it was a tropical storm. But this one is still expected to be hurricane force when it uh, slams into New Jersey. 
Barack no, Obama did come out and say it. Uh, uh, comment A, it could be of historic proportions, and comment B, I've got a 10 o'clock tee-off time at the golf course of Martha's Vineyard. Thank you. I'm glad much. you said it. Thank you very much. Glad you. Yeah. By the way, I, by did, the way. I did begin my uh, position statements yesterday, Big Dog, for our Rat Caps. Real, not real. Reasonable Americans. Re, uh, Reasonable Americans against the current political system. R A A T C P S Rat Caps. I did start to uh, make the initial position statements. They have to meet your approval, of course. I will send them for your approval. But the initial stages of our political movement have begun. I'm a little worried, Coach, because you know one of them that I want to put on there. I know you won't let me, and that is if uh, if you sell your seat as the uh, as guy that's been an elected official here in the United States, you should be hung for treason. Yep. That will, I know you don't want to go that far, but that's as far as I want to go with yeah. this. The, the hung for treason part could be a problem, but the, the sell your seat for uh, for money for cashola, somebody who was elected that would do that, uh, that would be a de- definitive problem. So we'll we'll deal with that. But the uh, important thing is, dog, have a good weekend for all the females out there that uh, want to check you out, possibly stalk you over the weekend. Where might you be? I'll be with my girlfriend, and if you want to come fuck me, I love it. And she will, she, that girl can flat out fight, okay? She's from Hong Kong. And then you got to fight there, okay? So it's all good, coach. Beautiful. All right, dog, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Football is coming. Beat the schmoes on Friday. Life is beautiful. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talkzone.com. Two guys at a mic. Have a outstanding weekend for the dog and the coach, producer extraordinaire David Olson. We will see you Monday at uh, 10 o'clock. Don't be late.